Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing, a podcast that supports the UK manufacturing sector. Hosted by Jeff Beecham, the manufacturer's recruiter. Welcome to Insights for Manufacturing. Here we are on another episode of the podcast. And today we're talking about plant and equipment. We're talking about precision engineering, press work and machinery and I've, I'm joined with my special guest today Adrian Haller who is the chairman of the Metal Forming Machinery Makers Association or MMMA and also the managing director of Broodera UK so welcome to the show Adrian. Thank you very much Jeff how are you? I'm very good yes we've got to a got to a Friday I always enjoy doing these podcasts anyway so it's uh yeah I'm I'm feeling pretty good pretty good so again, thanks for coming on the show. Um, been wanting to do this uh, this this sort of discussion with you for for a while now. So first of all, regarding the associate the trade association, can you can you tell us a little bit about the MMMA and what what its sort of purpose and aims are, and you know what your role is within within the organisation? Okay, so I am the chairman of the AAA, um, and we are basically um, metal machine makers in industries such as forming, stamping, folding, welding, and what have you, for the manufacturers. So we supply all these machines to manufacturers for all around the UK, helping them find out new technologies and infrastructures that they can actually be more competitive in the worldwide market. Uh, We're 60 uh, companies strong at the moment, um, and we meet every quarter where we would discuss state of trade, um, what's happening. And one of the biggest key points for our organisation is that we also represent ourselves at the MAC exhibition, uh, where we can actually show manufacturers, customers from all the way around the world, indeed, what we do as part of the AAA and also for manufacturing in general. Yeah. Actually, I think we... we met at um at, at mac i think at the last one and you had like a separate sort of section didn't you for your for your members and it was a a sort of technology or machinery area specific to metal yeah metal form, we like, wasn't it? yeah we like to call that the metal working village um part of the the, the mac exhibition where anything to do with with metal in general yeah is in that area so it focuses customers to a direction where they need to come within the Mac exhibition to talk about presses, to talk about metal folding, talk about um, laser cutting, folding, um, press breaks, and such things like that. So therefore, it's all in one area and focus, because there's nothing worse than going to an exhibition where where you're not directed to an area that you need to find what you need to look at. Yeah, absolutely. Great idea to have it all in the same place. I know from my own experience, traipsing around exhibition halls, it wears you out. And if, if you haven't sort of sorted out your itinerary, before you go um you, you can tend to end up not meeting half the people that you wanted to and missing out on some real gems so uh yeah that's good that's good 100%. so what what what's your what does your role actually encompass then i mean do you do you get involved in sort of lobbying or is it more on the sort of member side in technology and talking to the the members and the the industry uh, as opposed to the sort of uh, the sort of government and legislation side how do, how do you how do you describe your your sort of day-to-day role in the triple ma so i i think it's all of the above more or less of what you've just prescribed there i mean firstly is getting the people together like-minded people talking to them 
airing subjects that may be um, causing them issues within their own companies um, and then talking about manufacturing in general how can we lobby to make people listen to what's going on in manufacturing from the machine tool side of the industry yeah i'm also on several other boards of organizations so therefore from that point of view i can bring things to the table that may be interesting to our members uh, and that then just builds a, a camaraderie if you like of uh, um, good feeling above the group and so therefore they can talk about um issues that they've got such as lack of skills such as um uh, problems within engineering and if anybody can find anything out about whatever it can yeah. be discussed at those meetings so we bring that to the table we'd also help from financial points of view how to get um uh, money to big projects and what have you how to do hr stuff how to look at technical projects which you know probably it's new to them and is there anybody within the group or the the people around the table that can add value if you like yeah um and that's where the triple ma really does come into its own because those conversations are aired openly and and it's not minuted it's not recorded and it's yeah. good like i say a good camaraderie effect within yeah. the people that are around the table at that time so it's a safe space where people can, as you say, talk openly. I guess you yeah. get that cross-fertilization of ideas and Correct. support. Um, yeah, sounds sounds amazing. So yeah. what, what's in the first place, Adrian, what inspired you to pursue a career in manufacturing? I suppose that's got to have started really from when I was a small boy. And uh, my father gave me a battery and a bulb, an electric motor. And I used to play around with that and yep. put it into Lego cars and what have you. And then Brilliant. obviously when I went through school, I was doing um, what was it, a CDT engineering thing, metalworking, woodworking. So I found that I could do things with my hands that really um, helped me. And then also I could apply it to different things around my life. And so it came to the point when, obviously, you left school, where do you go then? And I started a tool-making apprenticeship with a company, worked through that, went through production, went through project engineering. Uh, and then, obviously, I was within a manufacturing sector, so not really that uh, I went to manufacturing. I fell into it, if, if you know <laughs> what I mean. Yep. Um, my love of cars, motorbikes, or basically anything with um, a mechanical engine or what have you, has pushed me forward into that. And so then it went into uh, sales, um, technical engineering sales, um, and where that I saw lots of different levels of manufacturing in all different types of technologies and sectors. Yeah, And then I've just grown from there and understood really the wealth and the, the I suppose, the respect for anything within this world that comes from manufacturing and engineering. Yeah, And without it, you know, it would be a very sad world if, if even if we was around because of no manufacturing. So yeah, um, that's how I got into manufacturing and engineering, and and I'm still here now. What a journey! And I spoke. You know, we're always talking about how to get youngsters into into manufacturing these days. You know, to to help get the next generation in and plug the skills gaps. But um, you're a, a case in point of somebody who's grown up with it. You've started started at, at grassroots level um yeah. you know being being a tool maker and then ended up you know running uh, you know part of one of the most successful machine 
businesses in the world, high precision, and also, you know, chairing a, a trade association. I mean, you and I spoke again at the Meet the Toolmaker event, didn't we, in Telford um, yeah. a week or so ago. So when you when you look back at your career, this is this is the journey that I think we need to um, get the youngsters to sort of have a look into that crystal ball and use somebody like you and other people as an example of, well, you can start here. Yeah. And it's not just, you don't just have to work on the shop floor in a factory. Going into manufacturing or engineering can take you on so many different paths, can't it? A hundred percent of it, as you saw it, meet the toolmaker. I mean, that was done in the income facility. Yeah. And you saw all the young apprentices there. And uh, and obviously you, you met my lad. Um, yes, Max. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, the, the turning point for him, you know, he'd gone to school, done his education and what have you. Should he go into sixth form? Should he go to university? And the more I looked at it, I'm thinking, well, no, I advocate for apprenticeships. I think it's the right route to take. Industry, uh, the country, the world need engineers, manufacturers yeah. to make things. So I'm thinking, what better way to put him through an apprenticeship and follow the, the roads I've gone? Yep. Now, my thoughts behind that is is getting Pete. I mean, him again is interested in tractors, cars, airplanes, and through the years we've rebuilt stuff together. And so, right. you know, what better way for him to align all his experiences with me in the garage and winters, nights, and what have you, to actually achieving something for a career? Yeah. And on the top of it is also earning to learn and learning to earn, and that then they see the attachment. Yeah. Um, and he is, you know, he's, he's doing well at income and what have you. And so once he's got a bit of money to do what he wants to do, he can then see the link. Yeah. Um, and the, you know, we talk about Aston Martins, Rolls Royce and stuff like that. And I says, all these things that you're doing now, very, very basic things will lead you into loads of different avenues in life. And it says it's a basis for your career. Yeah, you may want to go off and do real estate, or you may want to go and pilot an aeroplane. But at the end of the day, you've been trained as a highly efficient engineer for doing engineering things. So, if whatever you think you want to do in the future and it doesn't work, you've always got those key skills to come back to. And that's yeah. something that I'd like to put across to any young person: the future is in what you learn now, which will yeah. bed you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. That's wonderful. And the word that, that sort of sticks out to me there in what you were saying was alignment. And I, and I think it's that if, if we can get the youngsters thinking of that journey, what, what the potential might be, mm. and then they can start joining up the dots between what they're interested in now, what the opportunities might be in the future, then they've sort of got a bit of a way forward rather than just bumbling through life from one one month, one year to the next, like a lot of people do. And I, I'd spent my part of my early career doing that for a while. Um, so yeah, great, uh, great example there. So in, in terms of modern manufacturing, in particular metal forming, what, what sort of trends are you, are you seeing at the moment? You know, good, bad opportunities, um, technology, what, what sort of, what's hot off the press? What, what are people talking about outside of, you know, COVID, Brexit, energy prices, in terms of the, the opportunities and, and technology, where, where's it at at the moment as far as you're concerned? Well, those are fantastic points. And a lot of those points you've just brought out, especially the last points, is the negativity of what's going on around in the world. 
Yeah. But the point that I always look at around the fraternity of manufacturing and whatever I'm doing in a day-to-day life is what's the positives of that? So when you have such things as energy problems, such things as wars and such things that, that all changes the infrastructure and the way that we look at things. Yeah. COVID, for instance, you know, um, since COVID, I feel that the UK has gone from strength to strength. One of the key points is the fact that we realise, oh, we don't make that in the UK now more. It's made in Japan or China or India. Yeah. We really needed that stuff there and then. And so it's pushed engineering manufacturing companies to make sure they are manufacturing stuff in-house. The push for clean energy, net zero and all this lot, we cannot no longer keep flying things across the world because that is massively polluting the world. Yeah. So why aren't you making it in the UK for the UK people? I mean, there's lots of things that I'd want to say. For instance, like why is all our police cars, Volvos and BMWs, why aren't they Jaguars? Absolutely. You know? And, and the fact of the matter is Jaguar is not a British company per se in the fact that it's owned by Tartar, but it's employing a lot of British engineers and manufacturers yep. and what have you yep. and giving in- infrastructure for the for the whole of the UK. So yep. my question is, why aren't we using all uh, JLR cars or Nissans that are made up in Sunderland? You know, why aren't we doing it? And the fact of the matter is that brings us down to how I see the market changing. And it is exactly that. JLR have said we need people on the doorstep manufacturing stuff. So just in time actually works. It can't yeah. work the other side of the world. Um, so I, I think from that point of view, um, we've seen a lot of inward investment within the UK, which has helped. And also international investment from you know the likes of America and even China and what have you, where they're in, investing in the UK for lots of different stuff such as ev vehicles and what have you which is a yep. massive push for metal forming um and the way that we construct stuff and 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 then actually doing it on site rather than shipping big metal boxes across the sea yeah so it's changed the actual scope and uh, i think the foresight of manufacturers today in the uk and in turn that has helped build structure yeah uh on top of that we've just had that excellent news about four and a half billion um uh, investment into manufacturing i mean about time <laughs> absolutely but you look in your lifetime you're the similar age to me i have never ever heard of this in manufacturing and you have uh, certain comments made oh this is just to get votes it's nothing to do with votes who who, who as the general public cares about manufacturing or knows about manufacturing the government i believe are waking up to the fact that you know, without making stuff, you've got no wealth. That's how it started. And so therefore they think, hang on a minute, if we can build manufacturing up, we'll build jobs, we'll build infrastructure, we'll build wealth. Yeah, fair play. So that was an absolute welcome. Yeah. And and, and fair play to the government for doing that. Yeah, it's it's it, it seems like there's you know, it's early days, of course, but uh it seems like there's a, a bit of a black cloud has been not necessarily taken away, but it's been shifted away a little bit in terms of that great news from the government and so many people i mean make uk have been instrumental in uh, yeah. uh you know in, in talking to the government about this for ages i know that and there's a lot of people yourself um included you know that have been you know really banging the drum to support manufacturing we need to do a bit more reshoring we need we need investment we you know the uk government just needs to 
make it a little bit easier for manufacturing businesses to survive, let alone be successful and grow. So they've got to be fighting for us on all fronts, haven't they? So it really is a shot in the arm um, and and really, really good to hear. So on the flip side then, um, and I think we probably will see, uh, you know, even more momentum building now. I think hopefully the, the sluice gates have been opened and who knows what... Um, what else is going to come down the, the the track as well? But in terms of some of the challenges, what, you know, we, we've spoken about Brexit, COVID, the war, all these sort of things, supply chain disruption. In terms of a, a, a modern metal forming business, whether that's um, an end an, an end user of your members' machines, or whether it's a you know a machine builder supplier, what what is it taking at the moment to you know, maintain a healthy business, you know, because manufacturing has, you know, it has seen ups and downs. It's been in a bit of a sort of quagmire um, recently. Is there is there any sort of special source? I know Bruder are, are absolutely flying, you know, world leaders, amazing brand, amazing technology, but businesses in general in, in metal forming, what is the formula or what do businesses need to do to be able to survive, grow innovate um what, what what are you sort of hearing from other businesses you will have your own experiences from Brudra, um but yeah have you got anything to share you know across the wider sort of arena there on that so we've hit on it very slightly on what we're trying to do and the the biggest problem for our sector manufacturing in general is skill gap yeah um, the, the, you know, probably I was one of the last indentured apprenticeships of my age. And so therefore there was a massive hole of it. And so therefore from that, from that, that skill, middle skill area, it is very shallow. Um, we are making inroads. We are trying to make UK income and the, the IOT in Dudley and what there's loads of them all over the country who are really pushing forward to make sure a we engage with the youth and b we try and get them within the engineering manufacturing sector yeah um the short term is the struggle to have those skills and transfer those skills because we've got a lot of old machines in the UK and and we just keep making them work but the problem that we've actually got going forward is how do we transfer the knowledge that was been learnt over those years that really can't be trained? Yes, you 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 learn your basics in tooling and in in colleges and what have you, but you actually yeah. really learn when you put with an experienced lady or man, and that is what we need to push hard on. So that's the that that is the first issue that we've got for our generations. Um, you may have also heard that we're the third uh, te uh, technology manufacturer in the world, uh, America and China being the top ones, and we're the third. And for a little old island, that's not too bad. <laughs> and so yeah. that means that we are going into different areas that normal uh, people probably won't realise what we're doing, but we're at the forefront of technology. So any innovations, any things that are starting up or what have you, the British engineer will be involved in. So that's a positive yeah. and it will start it and then it'll be rolled out around the world. Um, so new ways of manufacturing components on our machines or indeed on any of them are coming out quite a lot. And you, again, at the Mac exhibition, all of our members from the AAA and indeed the whole um, Mac exhibition from the five axis machine tools and what have you, they will be 
showcasing the latest technologies in the world. And so yeah. from an international point of view, we can actually show the world what the UK from a manufacturing and international backing can do. Yeah. So as long as we keep pushing the envelope of technologies and innovations, new energies, I think, you know, we have got everything to go for, um, which is a positive yeah. uh, alignment. Yeah, great, great to hear. And and what about, you know, specific opportunities for for growth and innovation is there anything that's sort of in the pipeline at the moment that you know of um i mean there, there are things you know, outside of um metal forming you know we've got things like um you know sort of additive manufacturing ai's you know being rolled out here there and everywhere but in terms of metal forming itself it, it what is, is there something that's really groundbreaking about to hit or anything going on behind the scenes or any of the sort of latest machines or, or processes that, that would make a sort of standout example of, of how things have moved forward? So, for, I mean, obviously, being in the professional area that I'm in, um, the, the the movement forward is even with the progression press tooling. Right. The latest technologies and the ways that of manufacturing and actually making tool steels last longer uh, and the, the, the degrees of technical ability within a progression press tool now is is, is mind-blowing yeah. to the point where we're doing milling laser welding um tapping which we've always been able to run the speeds that we can do it at yeah um those kind of things are actually fantastic and the laser welding is where we can actually make complete components on a press tool with the finished part coming off ready to go into a machine your 3D printing stuff, your additive manufacturing is absolutely fantastic where we can cut costs on um, making vehicles or in, indeed any kind of component because we can actually do it there and then, whereas before yeah. you'd have had to make loads of jigs and fixtures and bent a bit and done a bit. Now we can actually see this happening. The onset of technology within computer-aided designs is absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. To the fact where you can look at something, make a model of it, scan it, and then manufacture it. Yeah. So the innovations, and again, I can't emphasize enough, all of this will be at the Mac exhibition, yeah. where you'll be able to see these latest innovations of engineering and manufacturing. And again, that all comes with investment, and investment is what the UK is need. And I'll go back to our $4.45 billion from the UK government. It's yeah. going to help with all that. And we yeah. need that to be able to us to say, yes, we're at the forefront of manufacturing for the world. And also that will make us all a good advertisement to all companies around the world that, that we should put work with the UK and that kind of thing. Yeah, so, absolutely. Again, very positive thoughts. And as long as we can keep pushing through and keep the, 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 the big wheel rolling, I'm sure we'll get to where we need to get. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, and, I totally agree. You know, everybody's got to remain positive. I think uh, it's it's not all a bed of roses. We all know that. But I think if you start off thinking negatively, well, you're probably, you know, rushing towards a negative outcome. Oh, um, so, uh, okay. And just on Mac, uh, when is that? Is it April again at the it's NEC? Mid, it's mid-April, yes. April. Uh, um, we're looking forward to that again. I mean, I think we've sold out um, for the for the definitely for the metal working village uh, record numbers again and i understand from the mac exhibition that they're also pushing forward with great numbers Brilliant. again all very positive comments 
and interest coming not only from the UK, but from around the world to uh, showcase their wares. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I went, uh, well, I think it was last year, wasn't it? Last day, uh, 2022. Um, it was the first time I've been. I thought it was absolutely amazing. So I will 100% be there. Um, I always find it. I'm just in awe of of the technology. Uh, it's a great event. So, uh, yeah, yeah, look forward to to hearing more about that on, on the, you know, the, the sort of preceding months, really. Um, okay, so Adrian, given your role at Bruderer, Bruderer UK, can you can you provide any insights into how you know the sort of global factors and in international markets are influencing the UK's manufacturing landscape? You know, a lot of people outside of manufacturing probably they just think of the pandemic and and you know the wars that are going on. Um, but what what else is sort of impacting UK manufacturing? Or create an opportunity. Yeah, I mean, without doubt, is the the small uh, thing about electric vehicles. Yes, um, that has uh, definitely. Um, uh, I would say, yeah, it's definitely focused the Bruder Group because um, with electric vehicles, you're running higher voltages. That means bigger connectors. This means bigger presses that's forming the parts and what have you. Yeah. The battery components are all made out of pressings. There's lots of metal in there. And so, therefore, uh, the laminations within the motors and what have you is bringing on lots of metal work uh, within the industry. So, from that yeah. point of view, it's affecting the world. <clears throat> and then you move on to the other innovations, hydrogen, uh, the ammonia cars and what have you. Again, all using a lot of metal manufacturing. Yep. And you've got to also understand by when you're actually stamping stuff with metal, it's all uh, recyclable. Yes. And so anything that you make out of metal, no, uh, you know, we all know it feels better, it looks better, it has a better quality to it, it's better precision. And so therefore, at the end of it, once it's done its life, it can be recycled, you know, what's not to like. Yeah. So there's lots of new technologies coming from that sector. Um, again, um, when we talk about net zero energy and other ways of getting power to our homes, heating or what have you, uh, such as solar panels, again, using wiring, using connectors, uh, heat pumps, use lots of pressings, metal forming again. Yep. So all these new energies and changes because of negativity, the negativity be energy costs going up, how do we stop the negative energy costs. So we turn around to manufacturing and we say, manufacturing, how can we do this? How can we make things better? Yeah. And that's where we get involved and that's where engineering gets involved. New ways of developing stuff that every single one of us needs every single day. Yeah. Any any other I, I mean, I'm just gonna say that with the it's an in, it's an interesting point, and I suppose one that's very divisive, the whole, you know, is EV gonna be the savior? And I know there's a lot of a lot of chit chat on all of the social platforms about, you know, are electric vehicles going to be the thing? Is it going to be hydrogen? I, I think a lot of people on the EV side are poo-pooing the the hydrogen. Now you've got Toyota have come out, I think, in the last month with this new, uh, um, what was that new a en uh, new engine technology? It was around water or something. Um, yeah. uh, so. Who knows? It'd be interesting to look in a crystal ball, you know, ten years down the line, and and see what that percentage might look like of, you know, what are all the cars going to be run by these different propulsion systems? But um, yeah, I, think, I, mean, I mean, you have lots of different areas or camps, if you like. But 
the fact of the matter is we are trying to think and do something about it and not yeah. sitting on our thumb and doing nothing. Um, you know, electric cars, the um, the torque, the speed, and what have you, is fantastic. The batteries, you know, there is a question over that. But with time, we will no doubt get better and get more innovative and do things. Hydrogen, uh, I like the hydrogen factors. Um, I like the fact that you can use hydrogen to convert original petrol cars, diesel cars. Yeah, That's what's been stated, you know, and anything that can do that, because what we really don't want to be doing is scrapping vehicles, which are still good, yeah. and then we are creating a bigger environmental problem. And so we're all looking for the future to make things better for us. And again, with energy engineering, innovation, manufacturing, these are the things that we are focused on to make better. And collectively, yeah. all the great minds together, there will be a solution. Yeah. Um, personally, I'm a petrol head. So um, <laughs> well, I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't want to lose the V8s and V12s, but things need to change. And like I said yeah. at the start of this uh, uh, meeting, you know, you, ch change is good. And change makes you rethink about the future for all of us. Yeah. And so absolutely. I'm up for every, everything that comes across our path. Yeah. So what what sort of initiatives or, or strategies do you think are going to be effective in in addressing this skills back uh, skills gap? Just going back to that, you, you know, it's it's a huge issue. Also, a great opportunity for us to get manufacturing back on the world stage properly. But what? How do how do you think? we need to to go about this i mean it's a it's a huge and complex um topic isn't it what what are your sort of thoughts if you could be prime minister for a well probably a little bit more than a day you might might need a year or so to to, to get proper strategies rolled out but you know if you had the power to do whatever it is that's needed to to fix things how would you go about strategizing the you know the skills gap um issue so you really need the engineering manufacturing to be made sexy. You need our friends, the YouTubers of the world, to mm. you need to engage the youth and how there's an alignment with the youth for what we're doing. Now, as you know, you know, we're quite big on LinkedIn, social media yourself, and doing exactly what you're doing now. You're you're engaging with people within the industry. Yeah. So you get the word across. Unfortunately, our media, whoever it may be, just want to talk about the doom and gloom and the negative sides of things. So um, that really doesn't coerce a, a, a future for the, our youth and they're wondering what's going on. But if you can actually prove that there's an interest there and if you align it with supercars, if you align it with wealth, if you align it with you know real estate or anything like that where all these big money people are and yeah. they can see there's a road to having a good living yeah in life you've got to work you've got to walk before you can run as long as you understand that you will make a good engineer and from that you need to be pushing out videos you need to engage with people at the top of their game so that they bring people on board such as you know as you know at the triple ma dinner gala dinner we had pete waterman there Yes. Now, you know, you, you listen to what Pete Waterman was saying, and it, it was very focused, and he was on the money. Now, this guy has been in music, he's done lots of things in his life, but his passion for engineering, and, and he had that program on TV, and he said that the, the model trains is worth £20 million to the UK. Uh, wow. Yeah. 
and you start thinking about wealth and building growth not that that's for like anything bigger than what it is but you start thinking there's a bigger picture out there yeah and that then getting all them people together to put on shows to show model trains of towns it's engineering it's manufacturing yeah and that then builds an interest within the youth once you've got the youth on board they will build themselves and they've got to see an avenue to where they need to get to be good at what they want to try and do. Yeah. You know? I've heard the, 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 the sort of younger generation these days are, are, are acutely um, strongly advocating for, you know, environmental issues. Um, you know, the, 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 the current generation are, are I think a lot more, mindful of what we're doing to the planet but also mindful of how to hopefully live a better life so you know when i think of things like the medical sector you know medical devices um pharmaceuticals you know without manufacturing people wouldn't be able to have operations they wouldn't be able to have all sorts of you know prosthetic limbs you know bolts and pins put in their legs um you know, uh, stents in their heart. I mean, it, it, it just, it's mind boggling to think what sort of a mess we'd be in without manufacturing and engineering. And then you've got the, the environmental side of things. Um, I was going to say the turnip then, but I'm not going to say that the, the Swede Greta Thunberg, um, you know, she's, she's drummed up an almighty following, um, across the world. You know, a lot of them youngsters. Um, but the environmental thing, whether people, are, are very very passionate about it or not i think that's an area where we can get a little bit more focus to the youngsters about manufacturing engineering because pretty much anything that you're going to do that's in, involves the environment there's manufacturing or engineering involved whether it's recycling or whether it's innovating and producing more efficient products or lighter products or you're cutting down waste in the manufacturing yeah. process that's got to be a reason for the youngsters to get involved anyway. If they want to save the planet and they're all on a mission to do that, they've got to get, they've got to, they've got to open their ears to manufacturing and engineering. So I, th I think there's a lot of hope, don't you? Well, again, we've hit on the subject several times through this meeting, you know, where there's negatives, there's positives, the positives yeah. for the future of manufacturing. Now with these um, people who go out demonstrating about how we're damaging our planet. And yes, it is a problem. But none of them seem to be bringing the solutions to the table in any case. Okay. You know, you know, I sit around the table with several people, such as the, the triple AAA and what have you, and at my business at Brudra. And, you know, I'm the managing director, I'm the chairman, but I haven't got all the answers. No man is an island. You need people around you to come up with solutions. Problems, yeah. we've all got problems and we can all moan. But if you don't make an active or a conscious focus to try and solve those problems, then you're part of the problem. Yep. And so therefore, you know, the youth of today, you need to keep these brains burning. You need them to start thinking. You need them to give them space to expand on what they're thinking and what they're doing in a controlled environment, such yeah. as the training schools that we are providing at the moment. Um, this, I think, is fantastic, and it will help industry and manufacturing. And let's understand this, Jeff. As you've already said, none of these problems that we've got cannot be solved without engineering and manufacturing yeah and the people within there so to go back to one of the points that you actually made is what are the one of the things that we need for our engineering manufacturing fraternity 
is people, skilled, yeah. focused people that all have the same ideas. And, you know, the, the likes of Make UK, Income, or whatever, we've all said the buzzwords of all these, but they all need to come together and speak as one word not all individual places, because we're all saying the same thing. Every yeah. every meeting that me and you have been to, such as now, we're all talking the same thing, but without one solid voice, which is what they're trying to do with a minister within the government, how do you get your point across? You know, you yeah. go to Germany and you go across the roads on Germany, and it's all about engineering and manufacturing. On every street corner, Black Expo, for instance, it was all about engineering and manufacturing. In the hotel lobby, all about engineering and manufacturing. Yeah. Why aren't we doing that? You know, go back to my point earlier on about the police cars we're using. Why are we using BMWs and Volvos when we've got Jaguar Land Rover on our doorstep? You know, it should yeah. be feeding our own economy and building our own people. Yeah. Um, unless there's a good reason why we are using other people's stuff. That's um, a great point about the cars. I, I mean, uh, yeah, please don't get me started on all of that. I mean, that, that's another separate podcast about, uh, you know, NHS, MOD, a, a, any any sort of government or public money funded organisations. First port of call, surely, surely. It's got to be British manufacturing. Um, but anyway, we'll we'll leave that for for another another time. Just quickly, Adrian, and it's been a really interesting discussion with you today. Um, if you and I, I'll just go back quickly to to one of the words you used um, a, a minute or so ago: collaboration. I, I bang on about the c word all the time. Collaboration. We need it wherever we look, but. If there was one piece of advice that you could offer to any young youngsters, either coming out of school or, or coming out of college or even uni, young young professionals looking or considering entering manufacturing or engineering, what would your sort of elevator pitch or what, what would your, you know, one, one little snippet of advice be to them? To them? Yeah. Um, I think it starts at the schools, to be honest with you, getting the schools engaged in where we want to focus these young people, taking them on tours of these excellent companies we've got around the areas, yeah. showing them how the Aston Martin is made, showing them how aeroplanes are built. Um, that start there. And then with regard to the youth, you know, you have to explain to them that there's no shortcut route. In anything that we do in our lives, you have to learn. Yeah. You need to um, study, get your head down. And then as you learn things, you become skilled at what you've done within your trade. And then you build from there. And from that, you'll build your own wealth. You get yourself a home, a family, a car, and then you go from there. Yeah. If any of them are thinking that the world is a shortcut route, such as what they see on YouTube or whatever, it just doesn't work. Yeah. So we need to educate them at a young age. We need to be taking them out of schools, taking them tours around these fantastic companies. And they are fantastic companies, and we yeah. should be really proud of them. That's what I'm going to do with, with the new Bruder company is I'm going to have open days for schools, you know, and, and get them to come in. And I'll have demonstrations of cars, diggers, all things that kids love, yeah. and then apply them to the sciences of how they're manufactured. And maybe yeah. just one of them will think, well, I'd like to do that. Yeah. And that is getting the interest, you know, um, 
what we're doing now, YouTube screening, Teams meetings, there's nothing better than a video that shows you how manufacturing is, such as, you know, uh, how is an iPhone made? Every single kid's got an iPhone or an Android phone. How is it yep. made? Well, it's made on these machines, you know? Yeah. Every time you go and have an espresso coffee, how how's these capsules made, you know? Yeah. And now, even down to the, the, the points that I've, I've mentioned to you before, you know, you your your ketchup or your your brown sauce every time you take off one of them lids on the top that you can never get off how is that made you know and yes we're trying to do this across tv but it's the quickness tiktoks the yeah. the reels where it engages people straight away because we all have boredom times well what a better way of being bored than being educating yourself on yeah. how things are made yeah and that's how you engage with the youth so it's going to start off from midway through school right the way through to social media, getting them engaged, and then they say, that's what I want to do. Because you get these young people's brains working, you don't know what they're going to develop. You know, Einstein's of the world, anyone. Yeah. And you need to get that working because these youth are brilliant. It's our future. Getting them to spark that curiosity in, in the first place. And that's up, up to everybody in industry, really, isn't it? We've got to yeah. sow that seed. Absolutely. Brilliant. Just one more quick point, Adrian. Um, and, and again, you're you're here today representing uh, Brewery UK, but also the uh, Metalworking Machinery Manufacturers Association. How can industry professionals get involved with the the Triple MA and and maybe contribute to its objectives? So we're all on social media things again. So LinkedIn, Twitter, um, YouTube. So you can contact us through that. Um, we have our own web page as well, which is funny enough, the Triple MA, uh, Metal Forming Machine Makers, as you get it through there. Um, um, we are always uh, active, and so we, you can engage with us on any of those uh, platforms. Yeah. Um, you know, the with regards to Bruder, exactly the same. We're on all those social media platforms, so therefore you'll see what we're capable of, what we're doing. Um, and that's we welcome anybody to talk about anything to do with manufacturing. It may have nothing to do with metalworking or what have you, but there's a wealth of people with our 60 strong memberships that will know something about something. Yeah. And that's the key point, getting that message across that we want to talk, maybe nothing to do with it, and there may be no business involved, but information and knowledge builds growth. Absolutely. Goes back to collaboration again, doesn't it? We've ended on a real positive. Yeah. Super. Well, thank you very much for, for being my guest uh, today, Adrian. It's always great to meet you in person. I know we've had a, a, some of these meetings online in the past and phone calls, but uh, yeah. you're, you're one of the charismatic characters of, of the UK manufacturing scene. I will be bumping into you at Mac, I'm sure. May even see you before then. Um, good luck with the, the Telford new plant. Um project uh so that's it that wraps up this episode i hope the listeners and uh, viewers have enjoyed it as much as i have thanks again to adrian haller and look out for the next episode of insights for manufacturing see you next time and bye-bye